Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And in this podcast, we take topics from both health and fitness, as well as the business side of things. We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro, and have a pretty unique perspective because we've had a lot of success, but we are not quite at the top of the food chain yet. Our mission is to help break down these topics so you can learn in an easy to digest manner and apply them into your daily life. So let's hop into today's episode. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing the most underrated and yet vitally important aspects of your entire regimen, which seems a little ironic because if this is not in place, everything else you're doing is just about meaningless. Recovery. So we're going to dive into so different aspects, how to figure out if you are not recovering properly, um, just getting that to an optimal level so that you do get the most out of this this approach and it's it's sustained and you feel good with what you're doing. So let's kind of dive in here. Before we start, if you are a returning listener and you have not left a review yet, please just give it a quick little rating and write something nice. We will love to read it. And if you are a new listener and enjoy this episode, don't forget to tune back in later and drop down and leave a review. But so just as an overview, when we're talking about recovery, you know, in its basic sense, it's just making sure that you are recovering from your stresses, from your activity levels. Um, when we say stressors, that's including activity, but it's also the mental stuff, things that we're probably not thinking about as a physical toll on our bodies, but they play a huge, huge role. So I think a lot of people think of stress as like emotional stress, like when you're having a very stressed out day and you're like crying and very upset or angry. Um, and that can certainly be one aspect of stress, but stress is also physical and mental too. So you have to remind yourself that exercise and training, no matter what kind of training you're doing, is a stressor on your body. Um, even when it comes to nutrition, being in a calorie deficit is a stressor on your body. That's a physical stressor. So don't forget that there are different kinds of stress and it's not just like, oh, I'm happy every day, so I'm not stressed. Like everybody is stressed to an extent. And even with our clients, like they'll, we tell them to rate this very, very objectively, but it's something where they often get crossed up. So they'll discuss a very stressful week and then they'll rate it a two or three out of 10 because they're thinking if they're not screaming, if they're not crying, then the stress wasn't really that high. But it can be as simple as you have more on your plate at work, you didn't have a ton of help at home with the kids, like just feeling that weight on your chest, that's stress. So that's something you need to take into account when you're trying to subjectively, objectively, I don't know which word we're using there, objectively, objectively rate how high your stress levels are, something to think about. So really take a step back. You don't have to be screaming and crying to have a high stress day. You know, you might've carried it to the best of your ability, but feeling that on your chest absolutely counts. So this is something that I kind of, as long as we've been doing this, like even we're talking about mindfulness, talk about recovery, talk about these things that are kind of stepping back and looking at your program as a whole to allow you to get the most out of what you're doing. This is something that still slapped me in the face over the last month. Um, I stopped tracking calories for a while. I was happy with where I was at. I was feeling good eating the correct foods. I say correct foods, foods that feel good for my body. Um, I Just to clarify, tracking macros and calories, correct? What about it? You weren't tracking anything? I was tracking nothing. Right. I was so just eating mine. Just mindfully. clarifying for those listening, he it's not like he was tracking macros and was not tracking calories. He was not tracking anything. Tracking nothing. And my meals are pretty big. Like I was, I was very full. Um, 
but I did drop from, I typically eat four to five meals per day. I dropped that down to three, sometimes four with like a smaller snack, not even counting that as a, as an actual meal. Um, but I felt good for the most part. I was training very hard or am training very hard. I'm training twice a day, most days, um, between lifting and MMA, but I got smacked in the face over the last few weeks, close to a month. Um, recovery was terrible. I'd feel really, really good for two, three days. And then by Wednesday, every single week, Wednesday or Thursday, I was completely trashed. Like I felt like I was about to get very sick. I wasn't going to get very sick, but it's just that feeling of being super run down before you get really sick. That was my feeling every single week. And I couldn't figure it out. My, um, I scaled back volume in my training program. Um, the MMA, there's not much I can do with that schedule. That's why I chose to reduce volume in my resistance training program at home. I was also doing um, the sauna and the ice baths daily. So it was one or the other. It was either an ice bath or the sauna every single day, which is another stressor on your body. These are good stresses, but they're still stressors. Um, and I just, I couldn't figure out what was happening, why I immediately stopped recovering. It wasn't like the activity levels were ramped up that much. Um, it's pretty significant, but it's nothing I haven't done in the past. So I actually got blood work done. Um, I've been considering peptides and hormone optimization therapy is the new term. It's not replacement therapy. We're optimizing therapy, optimizing hormones through that therapy. Um, because I, I couldn't think of anything else that was off. So I haven't gotten those results back yet. But in the meantime, after I got those done, I figured out I should probably start tracking my macros and calories again. Let's see where these are coming in at. And to my dismay, I was coming in around 2,000 calories per day, which is absurd. Which for, is as much like I'm, that's like lower than what I'm eating right now. On a good day, it was like 22 or 2,300. So I think, before you continue, I think this is a very important reminder that oftentimes, even when we're a seasoned tracker, we've been tracking macros for almost a decade now on and off, and someone like Josh can still get into phases where, you know, overall his nutrition is still really great, but he's still coming up short. And I think that's a big thing that we see amongst clients who transition into more of that mindful eating phase when they, one, either aren't ready or two, even maybe they are ready. And it just, it's really easy to let protein and calories and fiber all kind of drop in our experience. That's, those are the three things that we see most often, um, and it's really easy to consume those foods that are higher in carbs and fats. I'm not saying that's what you did, but just as a general consensus. Um, so that's really where tracking can really be such an important part of the process. Even if your goals aren't fat loss, even if your goals are maintenance or in your case to optimize recovery. Yeah. And that's something where with our intuitive eaters that we work with, we still recommend that they pop in, whether it's once a week once every couple weeks and track just to see where those numbers are coming in at. And I was probably on my third week. I probably should have snuck in a tracked day uh, prior to that. But going through the checklist, my sleep was on point. You know, I was taking care of the things I needed to take care of, meditating daily, all these great quote unquote recovery tools. But I had not touched base with my food. So that was in an eye opener. The ratios, macro ratios are still on point. I was still getting prior, prioritizing protein um, a good blend of, of healthy fats and carbs. So that's why I was confused and I didn't look at that first. But for context, I maintain 
around 3000 calories. And when I cut, I rarely go lower than 2,700 calories because my activity levels are so high and I'm able to do that. When I'm maintaining slash bulking, I'm in mid threes to mid fours. I've peaked almost at 5,000 calories bulking. So this was an absurdly low number. So when we talk about recovery and we talk about fueling ourselves well and optimizing sleep and optimizing stress management, you know, not everyone's going to track calories, but if you are not feeling fantastic right now, the first thing you should check if you're not tracking is where those numbers are coming in at. Where are your calories? Where is your protein? Where is your fiber? Where is your nutrient diversity as far as different types of plants you're eating every single week? Um, that's, that's really step one. So when we talk about biofeedback, sleep, soreness, energy levels, hunger levels throughout the day, my energy was trash. Sleep quantity was pretty good. Sleep quality was slightly subpar it wasn't terrible and that was another reason why i was so confused it's not like i was sleeping very very poorly i was still getting seven to eight hours um, a decent amount of rem and, and deep sleep um, my aura score was typically upper 70s up to like 80 for my sleep score which is it's decent um, since i figured this one out and this is how food affects everything my sleep and readiness scores are through the charts like my sleep has been averaging 85 to 90 my REM and deep sleep combined is on most nights four hours and some nights it's more than four hours, which it has never been like that's at the top of the optimal chart on that readiness um, gets weighed down based on my activity levels. But even that has been it's been as high as like 96 out of 100. And prior to this, I was coming in one one day was a 44, which is like stay in bed, you fucking piece of shit, go to sleep. <laughs> so that was eye opening. And that was when I really knew I had to figure something out. Um, but it's been, it was averaging probably low seventies and now I'm in the mid eighties to mid nineties, like on a daily basis, just from food. So going through, not to toot my own horn, but my, my, my habits and my routine is very dialed in because of everything that I've been dealing with in my journey, overcoming Barrett's esophagus and yada, yada, yada. I won't bore you with that right now, but my sleep is on point. My training is very balanced. My nutrition nutrient wise has been on point but figuring out that missing component of calories and you know getting those up to where they needed to be was what was missing for me and i'm at the point now where i've been feeling really good recovering really well i'm still going to follow through i have a follow-up appointment on that blood work with some um, physicians who do peptides and hormones just to see what the recommendations are i'm probably not going to do anything right now i'll probably ride this out until another round of blood work three months or so from now um but I'll hear them out and see what, what they recommend. But that's kind of a backstory of, of where this podcast started. Yeah, and for me, I mean, I can share my experience too. Um, you know, you guys know I started running again about 10 weeks ago now. And prior to that, was really just lifting. I was sprinkling in some cardio, not doing anything like I'm doing now. Um, but after the last miscarriage, I was like, I really want to run again. So I started... I eased into it, but essentially, you know, I was doing four days of running and four days of lifting to start. And that's a big change going from no running to adding in four days. However, at that time, I also decided to start tracking macros again, knowing this was a new performance-based goal that I had. I knew it was going to be important to make sure my nutrition was dialed in. And Previous to starting this, I have been mindfully eating probably for the last, I mean, I've tracked on and off, like just check-ins, like Josh mentioned, for 
you know, here and there over the last year and a half, but pretty much have been mindful eating this whole time. And it was eye-opening because when I started tracking again, I was really under protein. Um, Fibro was okay. It was lower than I like for it to be. I was coming in at like 25 grams per day and I like to be closer to 40. And just overall calories were in a good spot, but you know, carbs were really taking over. And I think, like I said before, that's such a common thing that we see with people who claim to be doing all the right things. You know, we've heard it time and time again, I'm doing all the right things, I'm not seeing progress. Well, what are you tracking? What are you paying attention to? Um, Do you have data to go off of to kind of show us that you are doing all of the right things? And most often, even if they are tracking, they're not tracking everything or they're not tracking every day or it's kind of just hit or miss. So there's usually always something you can dial in So for me, when I started running, obviously that's such a new thing for my body to have been doing also. So I was very sore, which is expected. Um, You know, I was kind of struggling to commit to those four training days per week. So I scaled back to three after like the first week or two of implementing running again. And that was going really well for a while. Um, But as my body adapted to running and as, you know, it got to be something that was more consistent... I'm now back up to four days per week of lifts, four days of runs, and I'm never, I mean, I'm sore sometimes, but it's not to the point where like those first few weeks I was like, it, it hurt to like sit down. Like I was very sore. So it just goes to show that your nutrition matters and your sleep matters. I would say since I started running, I'm sleeping so much better just because I'm tired, but also just prioritizing that a lot more. Um, My hydration has been really on point. So just an easy thing that you guys can focus on is your water intake, especially now as we're getting into the winter season. Um, It tends to be harder to drink enough water for a lot of people out there, but it's the easiest thing you can do to feel good. So All of these pieces of the puzzle matter when it comes to your performance, when it comes to seeing progress, whether that's fat loss or maintaining your muscle mass, which is what my goal has been throughout this running journey, or even if you're gaining muscle, um, you know, it really, it does matter. No matter what your goals are, all of these pieces of the puzzle are really important and are things that you should be focusing on maybe not super intentionally in every single season, but they're always kind of in the back of your head. And why? Because these things make us feel our best. It's not so much about how you look and, you know, focusing on your sleep and all of that stuff. Sure, that plays a role. But when you wake up every day and truly feel your best, you have energy levels that stay constant throughout the whole day. You're not crashing after 2 p.m. You're not struggling to fall asleep at night. You're waking up and you feel like you don't need coffee or you don't need caffeine. Like that feels so good. That's something that everybody should be striving for. So let's go through those those puzzle pieces. We kind of touched on calories. We're talking about eating sufficiently that's optimizing hormones, optimizing recovery, making sure your body has the fuel to actually physically repair itself. Um, When we're talking about sleep, what are some good numbers to dive in and aim for? As far as quantity or? Quantity, quality. Well, let's start with quality because I think that's something a lot of people skip is. Oops. Josh is throwing things at me. Um, A lot of people don't focus on having a wind down routine at night. They're falling asleep on the couch, watching Netflix, you know, they're trying to just fall asleep whenever. So having like a two or three step 
routine that you implement before bed to kind of relax your mind, relax your body, kind of trigger your body into saying, okay, it's time for sleep. Um, So just some quick things you can do is make sure that after a certain hour, like maybe a couple hours before bed, turn off your overhead lights if you can. Um, That can be helpful or put on some blue light blocking glasses. Make sure you're not like working and then trying to go to bed within five minutes of finishing work on your computer. Um, Don't be scrolling your phone in bed. So all of these things that we all tend to do and are really easy to do. Um, And then as far as like getting quality sleep, make sure it's dark. Um, Both Josh and I sleep with eye masks on and I sleep with earplugs. I don't think you do anymore, do you? No, No, you used to, but I like it to be silent. Um, I just fall asleep way better when I have the earplugs in because our bulldog Cal is usually snoring next to us. Um, So we do the earplugs. Our room is cool. It's generally around, well, now it's probably cooler, but in the summer months, we keep it at like 70 69 it's probably like 67 degrees ish right now and have that wind down routine so maybe you do some light stretching before bed maybe you do a guided meditation that's you know made to help you sleep just something to kind of shut your brain off or maybe it's like a brain uh I call it a brain dump so like journal everything that's on your mind that you know you're kind of like cycling through as you're trying to sleep um get it all out and then I guarantee you will sleep better but as far as what you should be aiming for as far as quantity most humans are gonna thrive upon at least I would say what's the minimum like to thrive yes seven seven seven. um seven to eight hours is like you could go as high some people would benefit off nine yeah well you not just Last weekend. Going, going based on recovery. So yes. if you wake up at eight and you're still not there, like you can try nine. You might need nine for a week or whatever. Last but. weekend when I had my eight mile run the night before I slept nine hours and the night after I slept nine hours and I, I was not sore whatsoever the following day. I felt like I could go for another eight mile run. So sleep matters. Absolutely. And this is something too, like you, you can go out all night, you train, you're going out, you're drinking, like you're sleeping four five, six hours. Everything you're doing, like, can you get by and see some progress? Sure, but that's the number one hormone crasher. Like, if you go to a doctor and say, hey, check my levels, I see him coming back low, the first question they should ask you is how you're sleeping. And if you are sleeping well, you tend, or when you start sleeping well, you tend to see that first immediate bump in those hormones and testosterone levels and free testosterone levels. So recovery gets better, your performance gets better, you get so much stronger, body composition improves. When sleep is in the tank, all those things fall back. So you're going to notice a difference in your physique. You're going to notice a difference in obviously energy levels, but also in your performance in the gym. So before we leap to these things, like that's why I reached out for, you know, getting that blood panel done to see where hormones were because I already had all those boxes checked, but we can't skip these steps in regards to recovery. And it really all starts with sleep as your foundation. So that was sleep. We talked about calories. What else are we looking at here? I would even throw meditation into this bundle because this is something where... Let's title that stress management. Stress management. It's also something that puts you or that activates your parasympathetic nervous system. So we're we're turning off that fight or flight syndrome where we are in a constant state of stress. Um, So being able to utilize this. I do it in the morning. I'm actually going to start playing with it, adding an additional session post-workout. So going from you know, the, the coffee to intense workout to work by sprinkling something that actually brings me back down into a healing state. I want to see what that does for me. 
I like that. I was actually just thinking that since I didn't meditate yet today, I typically do it in the mornings too. I was going to sit in the car after my run and try it. But There's a bodybuilder, Ben Pekulski, I think. He gets, I mean, he had a thing going for a while where he gets very scientific with what he does in his workouts. Um, and then he was doing that as well, post-workout, to activate his, his parasympathetic nervous system and stimulate recovery right as soon as you finish. So something I want to play with, people take naps post-workout. Um, I want to see if there's a big difference there. So that could be something. Yeah, but, you, you know, when it comes to stress management, you know, implementing whether it's meditation, whether it's a guided meditation, whether it's a quick journal sesh, um, maybe you're reading a book that implements mindful breathing, mindful something like the book I'm reading right now. It's called uh, Lighter by Young Pueblo, who I love. I'm going to make you read it after me because I think you'd really like it. But a Young Playboy. No, that's his book name. His real name is something else, but... Um, young Pueblo, like young, young kid. So it talks all about healing and, you know, trauma and he's really big on meditation. So like even just something like that, reading 10 pages or just something to sort of just create that mindfulness in your life. Um, maybe it's a five minute walk outside or just grounding out in your backyard, take your shoes off, go stand in the grass. Anything that sort of brings you back down to earth. Um, for me, it's often my cold showers as well. We have a whole podcast on cold exposure, um, but something to sort of just bring you into the present moment is going to help with that stress response so much. And then we have something as simple as making sure you're balancing your training well. So if you're training six days a week and... Hold up. If you're, tra- if you're not taking any rest days... Red Seven flag. Please do not do that. Maybe we'll do a whole podcast on rest days because it's been coming up more often. Now that I've been posting about my running, um, I have more runners reaching out and runners following me and just people think that I'm not that <laughs> someone was like, I know you train every single day. And I'm like, I do not train every single day. Um, one rest day per week at minimum. Most people will thrive with two. Anyway, sorry. but it could be a whole lot less. Like I was down to four in the midst of feeling like dog shit. I was down to four resistance training days. I was still MMA four to five days. So these are still two a days. But if you don't feel really great, if you are not progressing well in those workouts, it's not a situation where you need to be doing more. More often than not, it's a situation you need to do less. And I know you see that online now. People are kind of using that as that sexy marketing thing. Oh, you shouldn't be doing more. Some of you should be doing more. Some of you should be doing more than one or two or three days in the gym. That's not an excuse to do less, but some of you, a lot of you, I would say many of you who are already in the fitness space will probably benefit from doing less. If you have not progressed well in a really long time, strength is stuck, taking more time for recovery, even if it's for, you know, a cycle or two, going through a few different programs with three or four days, allow for more uh, intensity within each session and then more recovery between those two sessions. That's the thing. If you're taking more rest days, make sure your your intensity is where it needs to be on the days that you are training. Don't coast through your workouts. That's not, it, it's not just like, okay, we're taking more rest days. We can kind of ease through our workouts too to really rest. Like, no, you should still be pushing it hard and, you know, coming up just short of failure if you're lifting. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it. Like people are so all or nothing when it comes to this too. It's like either 
they're on the side where it's like, oh, I'm going to take a bunch of rest days and just work out twice per week because that's what so-and-so said will work for me. And then there's the other people who are like taking no rest days at all and like wondering why they're not making progress. So where you lie on that spectrum is individual to you. It's individual to what you have been doing leading up to this point. It's individual to what your schedule and your life and your stressors look like right now. But there's no like exact formula and exact method that's going to work for everybody and i'm going to run on a tangent here because this is like a pain point with me right now this is why i hate social media if you're going through and you're seeing these stupid ass trends where you get your viral sound and then someone makes a dumbass video to that stupid sound this is driving me crazy and they see that they're getting views from whatever they just said they're going to keep saying that fucking thing over and over and over so if they got a thousand views because a hundred thousand people well, that's probably didn't the math didn't do good. Is there a specific something that is making no, you this mad? No, it's <laughs> it's these. They just say the same stupid thing over and over because a thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand people just saw. Oh, I can do less. I can train two days a week. Like this was a thing for two weeks. I was seeing everyone say, "Don't do more. Do less. Don't do more. Do less." It's not one size fits all. Some of you need to do more and some of you need to do less. So don't take the excuse of seeing this fucking influencer telling you, "Oh, I have to do less." Follow the person who's telling you that it's all individual and teaching you the things to look for. Make that your follow and listen to what those people are saying. The ones who are doing the same stupid, silly videos over and over and over, unfollow them and find someone else who's going to help you benefit a lot more in your life. So that being said, what we're talking about with these cues to follow to figure out what your body is telling you as far as more or less, if you are not progressing, this is both sides of the coin. You're doing too much or too little. If you are not progressing and you feel really, really good every single day, energy is up pretty high, you can add more volume, whether that's more training days or exercises within your training program. If you feel run down, you feel like dog shit, you wake up in the morning with no energy, scale it back. Your body is saying we're doing too much. Let's have some more intense sessions less frequently. Let's do more in less time and allow more time for recovery. Those are the things to look for. Not the one dancing around with that dumbass YouTube video or short or Instagram or TikTok or whatever you consume. Stop it. Josh is very angry about social media currently. But you guys, like this is also why when you ask me, like, can you share your running and lifting split and like tell us exactly what you do? Sure, I can tell you, but I don't want you to go copy that because it's not going to help you. It's probably going to hurt you or make things worse because it doesn't fit your life. It does not fit your schedule. It doesn't fit where your training volume should be. Maybe you're a new runner and you're going to just start doing what I'm doing, being 10 weeks into this and having a whole history with lifting and running. Like, it, no, it's that's not how it works. You have to figure out what's going to fit this phase of life that you're in, what's going to allow you to recover the best, what you actually enjoy doing and you're not just doing something because you saw someone else do it and they look a certain way like that's just not how it works and that is why in our app so not our one-to-one -one coaching but in the sde method app there isn't one program they put out and say everybody should do this program what do we have five or six different programs in there with different equipment with different training days with options for more or less training days within specific programs because it is not one size fits all. And within an app, so outside of one-to-one -one coaching in something that's more generalized um, and at a lower cost, like an app, having those options to provide you with the ability to figure out which of those you feel best doing, which of those you enjoy doing the most, and which of those fits within your lifestyle is the type of value you need to be looking for. Whether it's with, with us or with anybody else, those are the types of things you need to look for as green flags or red flags. Does this make sense or is this person just trying to sell me some bullshit that they're selling to 10,000 other people? 
if they're offering you and educating you and showing you, hey, this isn't going to work for you guaranteed, but this might, or this might, or this might. It's not one program I took 10 minutes to create and I'm going to go send out to the masses. You guys need to kind of look for these things. If you are not, if you're, if you're doing great right now, fantastic. If you're not doing well, these are the things you need to look at as far as your entire lifestyle and your entire protocol. End rant. End of rant. <laughs> number two, 1A, 1B. Let's quickly touch on some recovery myths or things that people think they need for recovery that really aren't the first thing you should be looking for or maybe looking for at all. Are you about to bash my Theragun? No, I wasn't actually. I was just talking about like supplements. Um, you, I mean, your Theragun sort of falls under it. That's, but that's just not, I'm just saying that's not the first thing people should be focusing on. Like your Theragun is not gonna be the magical fix to your, your soreness and recovery. So I start my Sorry. day. Sorry, I know. I know you love it, but supplements, there's no magical supplement out there that's going to help you recover faster or better. It, there's just not. Unless eating, your protein eating is enough at food. four grams per day. Eating enough protein and food. Yeah, but you can get that through food. You don't need a protein shake. You don't need it. I'm just saying. There is not a single supplement out there that you need or will be solely beneficial for recovery, despite what anybody says. Things like the Theragun or I guess massages fall under this, foam rolling, um, you know, those things, can they be helpful? Sure. Can they do some of those things have somewhat of a placebo effect to an extent? Sure. Do they feel good? Don't start sure. on placebos. I'm reading a whole book on the I expectation know. effect. I'm not saying placebos. Placebos are real. I they know create they are real, real. Physi physiological changes within your body. I understand just by that. knowing what's I'm happening. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you're proving the opposite point. On I'm that just one. saying people will turn to these things first and think that they're the magical thing. You don't need to spend $300 on a Theragun to recover better. True uh, or false? That was a dig. True or false? That was a dig. Just accept it. True. Okay. But as we talked about before, everything else I have lined up is is fully fine-tuned so right, this, is the, this is the one percent this is the one percent on top and listening right. to the theragun commercial mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where they're telling you like hey this will fix all of your soreness and you'll mm -hmm. be a better athlete because of the theragun mm -hmm. no it won't mm -hmm. these are great additions and if they do are something that you enjoy are something you can afford and can help you by all means go for it even i mean one percent better right so be wary of things or products or mostly products that will promise you things like that. Is $300 worth 1% to you? Are you asking me? I'm not me? asking you. No. <laughs> so that, I guess, wraps up the recovery episode. I think we touched on pretty much everything that we needed to be touching on. Was there anything we missed? Probably, but not at the top of my mind. So Those are the big ones. Those, those are the important are the ones, ones that you can start with. Start there. Maybe we'll do a follow-up, but let us know if this was helpful. Shoot us a DM, and if you have not left a review, please do so. Where can they find you? At Josh Skutnik. I'm at Alessandra Skutnik, and everything else you need is linked in the show notes.